From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, here we are. Uh, my name is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doan. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing really well. And our guest speaker today is actually... Well, it's both of us, right? It's us. Yeah, that's good. So, hey, we're here to talk and excited to be able to chat a little bit about this. And in, in some ways, you're the guest, but it's kind of both of our experience and sure. things like that. But you being our reach pastor mm-hmm. is your area of focus. And so when we think about reach, we think about, um, you know, both local and global um, you know, and I know for you, it's been kind of even newer thinking about global missions. How's that kind of transition been? Right. For you? I've been loving it. I, uh, I filled in, uh, the wonderful shoes of Liz gold who, mm-hmm. uh, retired last year. And so I've always had kind of an interest hand in missions, even back from our youth ministry days of taking students on trips. But yeah, in the last year and a half or so, really dived into the day-to-day of what global is here at Calvary Church and what a legacy we have, right? Yeah, so huge. 80 plus years of just faithfulness to God's call around the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. And so it's, it's one of the pillars of Calvary. I mean, it's a thing that we really care about a lot here is that aspect of all, all of missions, but global missions specifically, I think is been that heritage, right? Right. Like yeah. as I've gone around and talked to other missions pastors and agencies, like the the name Calvary Church like has a great reputation hmm. in the mission world, which is kind of humbling to think about, but also like really cool too, that there's been just such a legacy here where people hear that name and go, oh, that's a missions church. That's what I right, hear right. all the time. And it's true. We have 90 missionaries yes. that are part of our family that we get to send out. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so um, today we want to be able to talk a little bit about kind of like, okay, so what is Calvary's future when it comes to global missions? And uh, a big part of that, our future is also our past. And because uh, I think a lot of um, even our heart is to continue to honor and um, really carry on that legacy that has been developed. Right. And so we're, we'll always be faithful to the missionaries that we've already commissioned and sent out. But mm-hmm. I think in the last couple of years, we've just began to look at, okay, what's the next season look like mm-hmm. as far as Calvary and our involvement around the world? And uh, it actually kind of intersected for us, you and I, on a trip that we took a couple years ago to Paris. That's right. (laughs) That is right. Yeah. Matt and I, uh, to the chagrin of our spouses, uh, took a trip together to Paris, France. And uh, it was pretty great, actually. Um, uh, It was, there were some funny parts, as we always say, of like taking selfies on the bridge over the River Seine and by the Eiffel Tower and sending them to our wives. Right. Marie and B (laughs) were like, that's enough. Okay. Yes. Stop sending us photos. We're angry as we're both working back here at home. (laughs) Yeah. And we were there not just to vacation together, but we were actually there to go to a conference and and to learn more about uh, missions in Europe. And um, so that was put on by Greater Europe Mission. Yes. And uh, even like contextually a little bit, like we, we've supported some other, some greater Europe mission, that's an agency. And so then there's missionaries that work for that agency. And so then we um, have supported some, including uh, Chris Tweedy, mm-hmm. who is the CFO of greater Europe mission. And he was right. the one that kind of initiated for us. Yeah. He's right? the one that invited us over to Paris to um, be part of their, um, I guess it would be called their global Congress and kind of learn more about what greater Europe mission is doing. Um, but I have to admit, I think you were kind of in the same boat too. You had actually spent some 
time in a gap year, right? Traveling around Europe a little bit or in college. Yeah, yeah. Not not necessarily a gap year, but like mm-hmm. a summer just tour kind right. of thing, you know, just going on my own. Right. And I, backpacking. Think, I think that's a context for a lot of us. Either you yes. went in college or uh, you went on a quick vacation over to Western Europe. But there wasn't really this sense that like, oh, okay, we know that you know, there's a great cathedrals and there's this history of Christianity in Europe, but mm-hmm. I don't know, it kind of feels reach, kind of feels like people have rejected it. And is there really that much of a need right yeah. now or even desire yeah. for the gospel to have inroads there? And right. we found out quite the opposite, right? Exactly. Exactly. We did find out the opposite because it is, you, you, and before I say that, you're right though about that. It's so, like, so mind bending to think about a place being unreached when you think of you know, the Vatican is yes. there or uh, even right. even Istanbul, which is still like part part Europe and part Asia, which is sure. a little bit weird. But I mean, that's like where Constantine yes. was like the origins of so much of the right. church. Yeah, so true. And uh, and then, yeah, this it feels like a cathedral on every corner and you take a train ride and you see every huge mm-hmm. steeple. But tragically, what we found out and what we I think a lot of us kind of knew is that those cathedrals are tourist destinations yes. and not necessarily places of Europe. And then even when we talk about it being unreached, we do mean, uh, in, in a lot of that way too, it is from a more evangelical Protestant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean an evangelical kind of in the way like that's become defined in America, right? Not a voting block. Not a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but just a sense of, uh, kind of along those core right. beliefs that by we grace would have that you're saved, yes. um, inspired, um, by word of the God. Bible. Yes. Um, yeah. When we were in Paris, they actually celebrated that week that in France, I believe that the threshold had crossed to 1%. Was that? Yes, that's that? right. It had gone from 0.5% yes. was that Protestant evangelical. Right. And then we had gone to 1%. And there was a huge celebration, like in, right. and should be celebrated yeah. that, that that movement was happening. Mm-hmm. But man, how tragic to consider. Yeah, such a need there. And yeah. in fact, I was over in France a, about a year later after our trip, um, mm-hmm. traveled drop right there again. Mm-hmm. But, um, but um, in our city that we were staying in for a couple of weeks on the west side of France, they had 12 known believers in probably a city that's the size of I don't know, Tustin, Orange, and Santa Ana combined. Okay. So 12 wow. known Christians in that area. So yeah, the need is still huge. And I think right. if there's anything that you hear today, it's that, yes, Europe has been reached in the past, yeah. but even as even one of our guests said um, a couple months ago, that it's now pre-Christian again, yep. that the the cycle has has moved to now there's a whole generation that knows nothing about the gospel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so all of Europe, as a whole, Europe's 2% reached right. as a whole. There's parts of uh, Romania that are like just segments of Romania are at 8% okay. reached. Uh-huh. So that's, I just kind of learned some of this stuff recently, but like, uh, in a more, in that much detail. Mm-hmm. And so that even kind of skews the number up a little bit, but yeah. that's it. Right. And so, so that's that first thing is that Europe is, um, is so unreached. Yes. Now we've had some missionaries that we've support. There's others in Spain. There's mm-hmm. others in other uh, and in uh, the Balkans sure. and different parts of Eastern Europe. Our sister Europe. church in Albania. Yeah. yeah, our sister church in Albania. And so we've had a lot of presence there. And mm-hmm. so um, really, that leads into kind of some some of that plus the heritage stuff of Calvary, which has been a lot in Bible translation, has led yeah. us towards. I'll kind of just give the punchline, then we'll go through the sure. you know go through it. But is 
that um, we have kind of come towards this point of saying, hey, we want to have a two-pronged focus yes. of what missions will be about at Calvary without... We're not like some churches. Here's the thing. Some churches have like they do this, like there'll be a new pastor that comes in. They'll yes. get a new vision. Of, hey, we're going to be all about India, o- <laughs> only going to yeah India, right. for example. Like we're only going to India and they've got missionaries around the world and they drop them yes. and they don't support these missionaries anymore. That's not what we're about. That is not what we're about. But what's cool is what's Calvary. If people don't really even know this, sorry, <laughs> but that. Pretty much like most, almost all of the missionaries that Calvary supports are are missionaries that Calvary has sent. Yes. Isn't that pretty unique? It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Homegrown. Um, And then we've also just had some nationals that have been recommended um, from our homegrown sent out missionaries. So it's really a cool team that God's given us. Yeah, I love that. And so it's like, we're not just going to drop our family. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and so then for us, so that, then that gets into this two-pronged focus without dropping our family, mm-hmm. but is that we want to see, we want to reach Europe mm-hmm. and have Bibles for everyone. Yes. Bible engagement, translation. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. the slogan we're using, Bibles for everyone. Yeah. And yeah, Talk you, about that. What is Bibles for everyone? Right. And mean? even just to kind of <laughs> assure everybody that we're still focused on missionary care globally and, and with yep. our family, it's almost like how we do, a, we're doing the book of Ecclesiastes right now. Um, and so we're focused on this one book of the 66. doesn't mean we ignore or don't like the other 65, <laughs> right. but it means here's our focus for right now. So that's what we see re- with reaching Europe and then Bible engagement, Bibles for everyone is there's this focus on this, but we still love all of the endeavors that um, mm-hmm. God's called us to. But Bible translation, really, we have this long history with Wycliffe Bible translators yeah. practically got started from our local establishment here at Calvary Church with Cameron Townsend in the 30s and coming to moving back to Santa Ana after some health issues and um, the church here at Calvary partnering with him. And then he had the idea of SIL and, and Wycliffe and that was birth out of Calvary. Yeah, it's really amazing. Cool. It's really cool. So like, yeah, Wycliffe has people all over the world. Right. And yeah, we say these things, SIL, it's kind of like the the branch of Wycliffe yeah, that's good like point. doing yeah. the linguistic translating mm-hmm. work and that allows them to be able to be kind of not thought of as a missionary kind of agency yes. while in another country. It allows them to get into hard places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's why we say Wycliffe, SIL. But yeah, so we are... Um, the as a church, the church that has over over our history and over their history of Wycliffe yeah. has given the most to Wycliffe of any other church. Yeah, and, I believe so. Yeah, which is amazing to have that kind of legacy. And I think we have something like twenty three. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Twenty three Wycliffe mm-hmm. missionaries, right. like Wycliffe SL missionaries around the world um, right now, and some are even here. And what's so kind of cool about uh, translation work in the modern era is right. kind of can do, you can it, do from it from anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> from your home office or on the field. Right. 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 And, um, so yeah, so we love, uh, that we want to see that happen. And, and that's something that you can really get some tangible yes. sort of measurable goals around, right. right. With this whole thing of finishing the task, what is yes. the task that needs to be finished? Yeah. So there is about 2000 or so languages, depending on who you ask, but uh-huh. about 2000 languages that, um, do not have God's word in them. So, uh, that means that people's native tongue, they can't read the Bible in that. Right. Um, imagine that in English, imagine that we were having to all read 
the Bible in Spanish and we had a elementary level knowledge of Spanish. Yep. And so we're trying to read the book of John in Spanish, kind of having to skip over certain words that we don't understand or, or even just the tone and heart behind it. We don't right. quite get that's how 2,000 yeah. people groups yep. uh, feel about the Bible. And so there's still a huge need. And then of that... And a lot of those even might have it in... Because a lot of these are even Spanish, sort of dominant, colonially Spanish point. countries, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And uh, so they kind of will have it in Spanish, but like that's not their yeah. their main tongue. Right. And let me just rattle off some more stats for you, too. Yeah. So there's, there's 227 languages that have expressed a need to have the Bible translated into their language. Okay. And they're just waiting for a translator wow. to come. Wow. So 227 who are just sitting there. Um, 519 languages have limited or just, um, I guess would say like an old translation of scripture. So mm. it'd be for us like reading like uh, maybe an old King James version where we kind of understand it, but yeah. maybe there needs to be some flavor that's added in yeah, our, our modern vernacular. Um, and there's 2,000 languages that are um, actually worked in pro- are in progress right now. Okay. And so there's great work being done. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're just kind of sitting around. Right. And it's still so much more to be done. So much more. So much more. And like, so I love how that's such a, again, that's like a pillar yes. of of Calvary and what we've been about for so for decades. Right. And then uh, and we want to continue to be about that. So that's like one of our pillars. And then yes. it's. You know, and as that task is finished, because because they hope to even have this finished by a certain date, right? Isn't it like even soon? Yeah, originally it was 2025. There were right. several translation ag- mission agencies that were all kind of claiming that date. I, I think it's going to be a little bit farther little than bit farther, that. Yeah. But it's probably, I mean, say this with some confidence, in our lifetime, we're both in our 40s, right? So yep. within our lifetime, we could see... Uh, God's word translated in all the languages of the world. Right. Absolutely. Incredible. It would be it's so great. And then it's kind of, so even that as we've adopted this vision of Bibles for everyone, it is to see that translation work be completed, but then to see Bibles get placed yeah. into the hands of people. Amen. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, cause God's word, God's word transforms. It we changes believe. totally. Yeah. And we believe that the Bible is, I, I like always like saying, you know, I like, uh, we all wish we could hear the audible out loud voice of God from, right. from the heavens, you know, yeah. like, please God, just speak from the heavens. Hmm. Yet we've been given thousands of pages of it yes, just to hold in our hand and read. That's so true. And, uh, so to know that you have the out loud voice of God in right. you, and for, for us as English speakers, we've got it, you know, you can go on your phone and click through, you know, mm-hmm. 25 different versions mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. That's true. And, uh, but to know for folks are just really waiting for that one. Right. Yeah. And it gives us some perspective of, um, boy, what are we doing with God's word that we have such easy access to? Yeah. So um, are we lazy in that? Um, do we take it for granted? Um, or is God's word being changed? Or are we allowing it to change us on a, on a daily basis? Like I'm how many Bibles do you think you have? Like, in oh gosh, the office, I know. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, maybe we're, we're a little bit on the higher curve because we're pastors. But <laughs> what do you think? A lot. I mean, I probably have got about. I don't know. I, I probably only have like ten or fifteen in here, right. honestly. <laughs> Which yeah. is maybe, you know, I, I actually did recently kind of glean out and give some of my old books away. But uh-huh. I did actually even have a ton of these like older Bibles yes. that I gave away, just because it's like so many Bibles, right? And uh, it's. But it's in here. You look around uh, as everyone's just listening. Matt and I are in my office recording this and there's just so many books about the Bible. It's like helping commentate on the Bible. So we can have so much of that deep dive and you think people just want... 
people just want the Bible. Yes. And, and, and we have so much. And, yes. And we have, uh, I mean, at our fingertips on our phones, like even uh, just even to recommend to people, you know, that mm-hmm. to use a, even a couple different apps. Mm-hmm. One is the the big one is version or just the sure. Bi- the Bible it's app. A great app. You know, just like so version. It's free. Yeah, free, and you can have like anything, and you can do reading plans on there, from super simple ones mm-hmm. to like even short, like thirty day ones. Yes. To um, it's got a verse of the day every day, and they yeah, have this cool yeah. thing on here, which if you're competitive, it actually um, tracks how many days in a row that you've read the Bible from the app. So there's like a streak that can exactly. take place. So if you're into like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your streak <laughs> right. I know. And then I recently, come, more recently, came across that Read Scripture app. Yes, great which, app. Yeah, it's really cool too. And so that's part of the whole the Bible project. Mm-hmm. If you've seen some of those videos that mm-hmm. help kind of help you understand different topics or different books of the Bible. Yeah. And so they kind of use some of their videos with some reading plans and yes. you can kind of go through and, and get like a, a little bit of help, mm-hmm. especially on some of the, cause I think people out there probably you'll try to do, especially if you're doing like a read the Bible in a right. year, Leviticus. Yeah. You, know? you get trapped in Leviticus <laughs> yeah. or you get stuck in, in uh, Ezekiel or yep. something like that. And you're just like, Oh, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And, and those can give you just a, a little, help mm-hmm. on the on the broad stroke overview of what you're doing so, so good what's that app again just for people to yeah, write this down just, yeah write it down read scripture yes <laughs> that's what it's called read yeah. scripture and then just uh U version which right. is just the bible app yeah and uh which is the i think it's like something like the most like the biggest or whatever most downloaded app like in the world or yeah. something like that it's yeah. crazy so it's pretty cool um all right so bibles for everyone that's yes. this core part of what we're about mm-hmm. And then kind of maybe getting back into this reach Europe thing a right. little bit, a little bit more of um, kind of uh, how that story continued to unfold for us. Yeah. Because I think that's like the newer-ish thing for us, even though we've had right. a lot of presence. So, yeah. So you and I go over there. We, I think for me, it was the first time I'd really understood the deep need uh, that Europe has uh, to hear the gospel. Yep. So I thought they had heard it and just rejected it. But no, they still need to hear it in a lot of places. Yeah. But then right around that same time, it was the great refugee crisis that was happening. Yeah. Um, I love John Burns from Greater Europe Mission, who will be here in a couple of weeks yep. uh, sharing with us. Uh, he and others call it not a crisis, but an opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a great way to frame it, is that this is an opportunity uh, for those who have been displaced from their homes, who have given up everything, um, who are trying to run to quote unquote a better life? Yep. Um, they're open. They're yeah. open to hearing who Jesus truly is, and so this mass migration—it's probably one of the biggest migrations, yep. really, in the last thousand years. Totally, totally is. And you remember how it was always about—I forget—was this in the '80s or maybe '90s, where it was just like all about hey, the 1040 window, yes. and kind of that window on the latitude longitude, sure. yeah, in that that basically is the portion of the world where a lot of people from that 1040 window is all about, let's reach that. It's like right. Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, yes. like all these yes. kind of places that are, and, and other Asian um, nations, obviously, mm-hmm. but to see people that are coming from the 1040 window yep. and, and we're really in places that, you know, I mean, you might be able to fly into the capital of that country, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be no. going into a village and sharing the gospel. Right. You, know, you, you are not. You could be killed for it right. even in Syria or. Yeah. A little example of that yeah. is uh, Somalia. We couldn't go there today right. and open our Bibles and proclaim Christ, let alone on a street corner. Of course not. But even in a home, yeah. if we were caught for that, we would be arrested at the best um, deported yeah. or, you know, sent sent somewhere else. 
uh, at the worst jailed or, or something like that. And mm -hmm. so, but in Paris, you have thousands of Somalians, Somalians yeah. who are, who are just trying to make a wage and, and get a better life for themselves yeah. and money back to their family. And, and so they've come to the, they've come to Europe. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so then you've got, yeah, in Germany, just like that in Germany, you have a bunch of people from like from Iran and Syria, yes. Syrian, tons of Syrian refugees yes. in Germany. Uh -huh. And to think about this opportunity now where people who are in these incredibly hard to reach places yeah. who are entrenched in Islam, yeah. uh, just in every way. I mean, that was it's every part of life right. to be able to be in a place where now we can go that people there already are yes. and are getting saved. And then what we're seeing is then that just really kind of like becoming like one of those exponential mm -hmm. growth sorts of moments mm -hmm. because people are getting saved and then they're starting churches and then they're, they, they are reaching, mm -hmm. you know, their, their own people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's so cool, even just from the journey that we went on a couple of years ago that we're referring to is that I really see even in you, my brother, like God has, you've always had a heart for mission, right? Your dad has done several projects, yeah. started a nonprofit in Mexico. Um, you've led missions trips from here and other places, but even the last couple of years, don't you think like even your heart's been stirred and yeah. in a pretty profound way. And that's even led to you serving now on the board with Greater Europe Mission. Yeah, you were in Frankfurt. Was it last? Spring? Yeah, this last summer I was in yeah, Frankfurt, was yeah. and then the year before that, I think when it really solidified for me, because yeah, we went on this trip to Paris, and we uh -huh. we got to hear the story, hear the vision and mission yeah. of of Gem, and which is really also the vision and mission of all missionaries sure. in yeah. Europe, and and so we we I was really inspired by that, but not just inspired, but I also felt a deep sense of. Um, sort of relational trust in the yeah. leadership and huh. of greater Europe mission and felt like a, a brotherhood. I think, you, yeah, yeah we, we, we'd felt Absolutely. a lot of that and some brotherhood with these people. And then I went again uh, another, about a year later to Greece. Mm. And so I went to Athens where we were kind of, it was another thing kind of to hear more about some of the mission vision, but to see the work that was happening, first of all, in Athens, because yes. there's a ton of incredible ministry because you've got, uh, well, and then I'll just say, then we went over to Lesvos, yeah. which is this island that is a Greek island, but it's, when you look on the map, you actually have to look right off the coast of Turkey, Turkey. Mm -hmm. and kind of like. It's like uh, the part of Turkey that's just almost like right off like where Tro ancient Troy would have been, yeah. which is kind of crazy and cool, you know, just to think about. Uh, but you you come out from there and there's this big island um, and it's big actually for those little Greek islands. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a smaller island, but it takes like a pretty long time to, I mean, it's like a hour drive from kind of like the southern-ish end to the northern end. It's not yeah. just like a tiny little island. Mm -hmm. And, um, but this is the island where people that have come, let's say from Afghanistan or Iran or um, even some from West Africa or Syria, Iraq, and they're coming through Turkey. Everybody's coming through Turkey. And it's this crazy, like even these people from West Africa, like make this journey, you know, over, you know, like to Eastern Africa, north through the Middle East, and then across Turkey, and then, and they get on these boats and make this, it's about a, like a four mile journey mm -hmm. across this little, um, this little straight kind of area. Mm -hmm. And they make this journey onto, uh, on these rafts and boats. Mm -hmm. wow. And it's where during like the big, uh, whatever that was like four years ago or something like yeah. that, when it was just like the, it was, 
it wasn't that it was bigger then it was that it was on the news more than sure, good point yeah. <laughs> and it, i mean it was big obviously it was huge this migration and but it's still happening and so when you're seeing these images of people on boats and little babies being like passed That's from crazy, person to crazy. person yeah. these crushing images um and and a lot of people died in those waters right. when it would get stormy and it's it's really intense because it's not that far right. so for people to have to you know to because you think like catalina is 26 miles yeah. away this is only four miles oh wow that's out. different yeah yeah it's like not that far wow. at all and um but like at times it would get stormy and then there'd be there'd be these tragic deaths and so but then people make their way to that island they go to these refugee camps and then as they're processed through the refugee camp, then they get sent over to the to mainland mm -hmm. Greece. And so even in Athens, like there's a lot of work with refugees happening there. There's churches have been planted. Um, this guy, um, uh, oh gosh, his name's Muhammad, Muhammad, <laughs> Muhammad something, which is how novel, but like, yeah. Um, yeah Anyway, this guy this has planted a church there and just like uh -huh. reaching all these people. He was a refugee himself. So wow. we're so when I was there, I was seeing his ministry in Athens, seeing other stuff in Athens, and then actually made my way over to Lesbos right. and was able to serve in the Moria refugee camp. Powerful. And yeah. yeah, it was about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And two years ago serving in that refugee camp. And I mean, it is absolutely kind of it is absolutely like soul crushing yeah to be in this place right it's so intense i mean our college students went this last summer and i mean we had to line up counseling and yeah. and help for them when they returned because it's just the it's, things you see and experience yeah the things you see and experience and just devastation and people show up in this place and they have to be there for six to 18 months and at, when i was there i think there was something like two years ago i think there was like the, the camp's supposed to be, I'm going to get some of these numbers wrong, but it's something like it's supposed to be for 3,500 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 3,000 people. And then it was like, it was doing okay with like 5,000 people. I think when I was there, it was like maybe 7,000 people. And all I was, like my job was just putting up more tents. Just, yeah. just, just pickaxing the hill, yeah. hilly ground to try and get flat ground to put up tents. And I was meeting people from, I met some guys from Syria, family from Afghanistan, and just wow. hearing their stories, kind of almost like weird sort of sign language, yeah. speaking to each other, you know, right. trying to talk to each other with just gestures, gest yeah. Yeah, gestures huh. and, um, and sounds and, and, and just really being impacted by, by that. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, and so, but now the Moria refugee camp, I think is at like, I think it's even like 15,000. 20, I read what, yesterday. 20,000? 20,000 I read yesterday. 20,000, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's crazy. And and they're, yeah, it's really, actually really hard. I mean, there's talk of like at right now where we're at, they're talking about even like suspending, yeah. just like kind of like shutting it down. Yeah. And so it's tough. So there's some groups called like Euro Relief that Gem partners with Euro right. Relief and the UN is in there yeah. and the EU is in there in that camp trying to help process people. But it's just so bottlenecked and more and mm -hmm. more and more people because now it's like as countries are getting full of refugees, yeah. they're kind of like, whoa, 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 we've we were open, but we've right. got enough now. And so you're seeing this bottleneck yes. happen. Yes. And I don't really know, like sort of politically, like how they're going to you know what they're going to do to it's a stalemate right now. Yeah. yeah, I know. And, and, but then it's like, we have this. So here, here's the thing for every Calvary person to understand, like everybody out there has a political 
opinion about refugees mm-hmm. and what we immigration in general and immigration yeah. in general, refugee immigration, whether that's at our own border with Mexico, where you've got people just waiting and waiting and waiting, or if that's with this like more international, right. um, uh, more Middle Eastern kind of Asian refugees towards Europe, all of that. We all have opinions on that. And I say, okay, it's fine. Have your opinion. Sure. You know? And you can have a really like shut down kind of opinion about what America should, America as a nation should do. Right. But that should never affect for one second what your obligation is as a follower of Jesus yeah. and as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Right. What your obligation, my obligation is to do for the refugee around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Even to expand on that. So, you know, Matthew 25, right? That says, um, whatever you do, the least of these you do unto me. And yeah. so there's different ways we worship. We worship through God's word. Uh, yeah. We worship through gathering together on Sunday mornings or at different times with fellow believers. Um, and we worship by serving the least of these, yeah, um, whether absolutely. that's here in Orange County or that's somewhere in the world. Now, I think the part that gets tricky is that in this global, um, I guess, economy and global media um, environment that we live in, yeah. we have real-time access to all the tragedies of the world. Yeah. And it can get kind of overwhelming to think like, well, Oof. okay, there, just even in our context yesterday, there was a tornado that went through Nashville and right. there's damage there. And we have the coronavirus that's breaking out. And so we hear all these things and it's easy just to kind of either A, get overwhelmed and shut down or B, just kind of get numb to yeah. the pain of the world. Right. Right. And I think as believers in Jesus, what you're even saying here is that, no, Holy Spirit, first keep our hearts soft towards mm-hmm. hurting people and yep. the needs of the world, and then show us what our response would be. We can't solve everything, yeah. but there's things that God definitely calls us to. And I think for us here at Calvary, we're feeling called into the realm of Europe um, and the gospel needing to go forward, and also just this refugee care. Can yep. we serve all... 100, 300,000 refugees in Europe? No. No, no. But no. can we serve in pockets that we're caught? Yes. And yeah. I think that's what we're exploring right now. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where, yeah, because the, the global need, I mean, billions of mm-hmm. children in extreme poverty. Yes. You've got uh, AIDS, continued AIDS crisis right. in Africa, in which we have some presence in some sure. of these yeah. these things. We have missionaries in Ecuador working with, you know, children mm-hmm. in extreme poverty. We have acres of love, like homes in yeah. South Africa, helping with AIDS crisis. So it's like, we care about that yes. stuff still, yes. but we're saying, Hey, right now let's as a church hone in and kind of put our focus into this incredible combination of being able to, mm-hmm. um, see a great gospel need yeah. combining with an, a huge humanitarian, like poverty kind of need right. and to, to a least of these sorts of need. Cause they're the least of these both in like the richness in the gospel as yeah. well as richness in like resource. Right. And not to be over dramatic, but this window could be narrow because yeah. at some point, if the refugees stop migrating or as they become more integrated and then insulate in, Insulated. in a sense, yeah, exactly. That's it's right. harder to maybe even just make inroads in that. And I feel the same thing, Albania, there's this window where people are open. They're, they're not part of the EU right now, um, which has... Um, huge clout for a European country, part of the EU, although Britain said <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, another yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but they're coming from a different place but, than right, Albania. Right, yeah. right, but you know, it helps the economy, provides jobs. And so places like Albania, where 
they're not there yet and they're struggling. The people are just in this state of like, okay, where do we find hope? And and the gospel can meet that. And But that window could close mm-hmm. in the next 10 years. If they join the EU and all of a sudden they have more economic prosperity, then maybe people's need, as we see here in Orange County, um, becomes less of a... Uh, openness to the gospel. Right, right. right exactly. And so uh, I just got to tell one story here. Yeah, but, do uh, I was, uh, John Small and I were in Albania uh, a couple months ago and uh, I was, we were on an airplane from London going into Toronto, Albania. And as we boarded the flight to London, um, the police loaded on a guy that was being deported back from England to, to Albania and they put him on the back of the plane and uh, at, before we took off, he just began to scream, help me, help me. What do you think? Help. What's going through your head and you're hearing this? Like what in the world? It was just an awkward, weird feeling. Yes. Like what's going on? And, um, and so we're sitting there, the whole plane silent. He's just screaming, help me, help me. Oh, and what we later found out was that this was the third time that he had been put on an airplane to be deported that day. This was the last plane of the day, and he was trying to get kicked off the plane so he could buy more time to, to figure out maybe his case or something. Wow. But, um, but in that plea, in the awkwardness of this quiet airplane cabin and this guy screaming out, I, I don't know, for us, it just felt like a metaphor yeah. for even Europe in general, yeah. that they're crying out, help me. Help me. Right. Maybe people aren't saying that <laughs> to right. that degree, no, but their hearts are crying yeah. out for the yeah. hope and peace that only Jesus and the gospel can provide. And so, I don't know, there's just a great need, Calvary. There and is. I think there's a great opportunity for us to step into that. Yeah. And what's interesting <laughs> while you're sharing that story is like my phone started like buzzing because it was 10. <laughs> we're recording this right now. As we're recording this, it's 10 02 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, that, Reminds me of like why we yes. want to be praying because there are people that whether that, you know, their hearts are crying out or they know it or not of this, help me, help me. And if yeah. we don't cry out, the rocks and trees will cry right. out, you know? And right. so we, we cry out to, uh, to God in that. And so that's what, um, you know, that's why we pray. We pray every day at mm-hmm. Luke or at, at 10 Oh two AM mm-hmm. that we would pray this prayer of Luke 10 to that, Amen. that, uh, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. So yeah. let's cry out to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest. Yes. And um, that's our prayer. And so, Lord God, I just even pray that right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would send workers into the harvest, God, from the harvest of the harvest that's happening here in Orange County, uh, the harvest that's happening around the world. Pray that you'd send us uh, in the, even like to our neighbors, send us in the short term to Europe, and maybe you'd even send us long term, Lord, to Europe to be able to spend our lives there. God, so we give that to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we ask for you to join in that prayer, to be praying that. If you can join praying every single day for that, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that it it's it's a it's a battle. I mean, it's a dark thing. I mean, it's a dark world that that is when some when a place is only one percent reached, there's a lot of darkness right. and there's a lot of spiritual warfare and battle that yeah. we need to be taken on. And so we pray for that. We pray for that for our brothers and sisters and that are missionaries with Greater Europe Mission or SEND or others that are yeah. part of uh, Calvary Church too. So it's huge. Uh, and, you know, we we believe too that that Europe is, it's Europe's influential and Europe's yeah. connected and it's very, um, it's very sort of uh, global, yes. you know, in, in Europe. Like yes. when you think of Europe, it's, it's interesting because 
Europe is probably smaller geographically even than just America. Right. And then, um, you know, but then you have so many different countries and it's almost like a different, it's like the South being a different country or, you know, mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest being mm-hmm. a different country or, oh, the, yeah. you know, Chicago being its own country. And you think about that where, where we have this whole thing here in America, we're all one, one nation, but over there, it's just, everything's different. It's got its own unique cultures. And then now you've got this influx of, of all these different parts of the world yeah. that are kind of creating these, these new different kind of mixes culturally. Right. And, uh, I think that there's great opportunity, yeah. not just for Europe to be reached, but for then Europe to reach. Wow. Right. That's to, so true. To go out. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so cool because you've got people that just all look and sound and, and sort of feel just very different yeah. than one another. And it's right. not this just kind of kind of old sort of homogeneous thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I think that really is kind of what we're going to see like going around the world. Yeah. Maybe even missionaries here to the States. Exactly. Exactly. I think we're, you know, more and more, it's just an interesting thing to think about, right? More and more the U S needing missionaries. Right. And I would welcome them. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It used to be the West to the rest. Right. Yep. But that's kind of changed. Although, from the things that I'm reading, still the majority of funding yes. for global work, um, sending out the gospel, comes from the West. Yep, absolutely. And so um, although we are moving more towards a post-Christian society here, there still is um, great resources here and great opportunities for us to give yeah. um, to what God is doing through the West yeah. um, into the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. And that's even interestingly enough, that's something like uh, we've talked about at the Greater Europe Mission like board kind of stuff is mm-hmm. because Greater Europe Mission as an agency is becoming... So it was started here in America, started out of Wheaton yeah. area and kind of like part of like connected to Billy Graham mm-hmm. even and all that. And then uh, after World War II, um, that's when you saw there's like a, a guy that was like a chaplain in World War II right. and he decided like, no, I need to go and like go back and yeah. really take the gospel to Europe. And so that's kind of how it started. And so it was this West or America mm-hmm. to Europe. And then um, what we're seeing now is with John Burns, their most recent president, it's a first European president of right. Greater Europe Mission. So it's this big shift and they're shifting to be based uh, in Frankfurt yeah. and then to still have the U.S. is this sending agency and also like funding agency mm-hmm. really to help support that. But but they're starting to see where Europeans can reach Europeans right. and then to see Europeans sent out around the world, which is so awesome. And we see that yeah. in I think with, with even getting back to Bibles for everyone. So right. like Wycliffe SIL, the new SIL president, yes. Michel Kinmonier is yeah. uh, Cameroonian. Cameroonian. Yeah. yeah. So he's from Cameroon and um, so cool to see just the way that uh, a lot of these missions agencies that started here are starting to see now it's becoming more of a global thing. Yeah. He's, he was the first African ever named as one of the big six mission agencies mm. um, to, to lead them, which is really significant. It is. And he was discipled by our own John Waters, who right. is one of our Calvary missionaries, which is so cool it is. just to see even the influence that John had over him. And now Michelle's leading this yeah. giant organization. Yeah, it's huge. And then to see like Grace Goreth, yes. right? Who, I mean, tell us like who's a Calvary member. Yeah, is, uh... Grace will be here in a couple of weeks for our reach week, but yeah. um, Grace is the daughter of Cameron Townsend. Yep. And who's so, the founder of Wycliffe. Yes, yeah. an SIL. So, uh, 
So Grace has a great ministry where she goes and tells her story, even of um, living with her missional-minded parents and just even how God was faithful to them. So we're really excited. We get to partner with her and her husband, Tom. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And so like, let's just, uh, even as we kind of start to wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about what's coming because that mm-hmm. is, we do have our big reach week yes. coming up here in a couple weeks and that's uh, involves two Sundays, but also yeah. a lot more than just the Sundays. Right, so uh, really uh, since World War II, Calvary's taken this pause every year to remember that while we are a missions-oriented church, it's almost like, you know, when you and B celebrate your anniversary, you're like, yeah. you know, obviously you're married the whole year, but like <laughs> on that day or that weekend, you're like, oh, let's just remember our covenant, our yeah. vows and celebrate that. And that's right. kind of what Reach Week is for us here at Calvary is it's, uh, we're, we're a mission-minded church every week, every yeah. day, but there's this pause in all our normal programming where we go, oh, wow, let's celebrate what God's done in the last year. And let's look forward, even as we're talking today, about what God's calling us to do yeah. in this next season. So we're really excited. That's March 20th through the 29th. That's my little plug. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Plugs are good. And uh, we have some great events. A couple of things I want to point out is we have a praise, prayer, and pie, which I know you love the alliteration Yeah, I like making fun of that name. Can you say yeah. that for us? Praise. Praise, prayer, <laughs> and pie. I just like hearing you say it. I know. Wow. So uh, that's uh, the first Sunday of our Reach Week, which is March 22nd. It's going to be a really cool time in the evening to gather together to pray specifically for some of these. We're going to pray for Europe. We're going to pray for Bible engagement, for our missionaries, yep. particularly for Lesbos and refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to eat some delicious pie yes. and we're just going to worship. So really excited about that. That's invited. You know, all are invited to that. Yes. Um, that'll be wonderful. And that first Sunday, the Sunday morning itself is going to be more focused on Bibles for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to have a conversation um, with three couples that we support here at Calvary that are involved in translation. Which I love because like, ah, it's always what I want. I just want to hear the stories. Yes. So we get to hear the stories from people that are actually doing like Bible translation. Right. And one of the questions we're going to ask them, which I think is pertinent, is, okay, in the world of Google, where you can translate so much Mm -hmm. and we're in this globalization um, environment, do we really need translation? Can't we just like figure out other ways to do it? Don't we have AI to kind of do this stuff for us? But so they're going to speak into some of those needs that we still currently have in translation. Cool. That's good. That's good. And then uh, uh, the second Sunday, which will be the 29th, yeah. um, who we got coming? Yes, yeah, so we have. We mentioned them already, but John Burns from Greater Europe Mission, who uh, leads that great organization, will be with us in his nice British That's accent. Right. Northern England yes. guy. And it's, uh, he's a really fun dynamic. Yeah. Dynamic communicator. So yeah, you'll hear some of his stories and some of his passion and just even more about why Europe. And so exactly. I think, uh, I think you'll love that. But one thing people maybe, cause we'll talk about, there's other events people mm-hmm. can go to, but I don't know if everybody realizes, but we also take our, the missionaries that are in town right. for this. We try and get, you know, we have 90 missionary families, mm-hmm. but it's like, they don't all come every year. We don't yeah. want them to come every year. They sure. need to be... They're working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing their thing. And so usually there's like 30 or yeah. something like that that are in town and we go away for a three-day right. retreat. Yeah, it's it's really a special time for us to kind of pull our missionaries. We have about 30 coming this year, a third of our, our group. Yep. Um, for a couple days, just to number one, hear even more stories of what God's doing, but also just care for them. Yep. Um, pray together, eat some meals together. And so we invite our Calvary staff to join on that retreat. So uh, it's just a wonderful time every year to bond, encourage one another, and then move forward, right? That's to right. Have, kind That's of inspire right. each other with vision. So yeah. so yeah, we'll be doing that March 23rd through the 25th. And we even invite you to be praying for that time yeah. because a lot of our missionaries, they come back and 
boy, they're tired. They've yeah. been beat up on the front lines. And so this is a place for them to rest yeah, and absolutely. receive encouragement. It's good. And then there's the big Wednesday night thing for families mm-hmm. to be thinking about too, right? Yeah. So we have a couple things. One, we have a dinner from six to seven on March 25th. And it's a great time for us to share a meal, meet some missionaries. And then at seven, we're doing a thing called Lost in Translation, where we just, we love to see the personality come out of our partners, our missionary partners. And they're just going to tell stories of awkward moments they have in their country they're serving in. Maybe they thought they were saying one thing, but it actually meant something else. Um, (laughs) And so you'll hear some great stories uh, along those lines. And then for families, we'll be gathering together for a family fun night to do right. some specific activities that help our kids be engaged with mission. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots more and you sure. can, we'll be, we'll be talking a lot about it. Yep. It'll be in the, in the bulletin yeah. on, online. And, and, uh, but yeah, if people want to just even look more online, just about our entire right. reach program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to calvarylife.org org slash reach and yep. you can find out a lot more. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks uh, for for joining me today, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome, Eric. <laughs> no, it's been great. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.